This is Kathleen Maxwell Randy with The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life, and I appreciate you joining me today. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what He speaks to you. For more information about me, published newspaper articles, to contact me to speak in your area or purchase my new book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, visit my website at www.kathleenmaxwellrandy.com. This podcast reaches around the world with listeners in 27 countries thanks to the one-time and monthly gifts from people just like you. If you want to give, simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the follow button and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And leave me a comment. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone to the gathering and um, I am ready to talk to you today about a subject that is very, very near and dear to my heart. It, um, I would say, has become a foundation of my ministry and just something I'm passionate about and I think that we all need to be reminded of who we really, really are. And so today's podcast is titled, What If You Believed God's Truth About Yourself? And, um, you know, recently I have just had several people contact me to pray um, or contact me to to visit with them, minister, um, various different things. People with some some serious things going on in their lives Um, low self-image suicide cutting themselves uh, people who don't like who they are or who they have become and it's easy i think in life to get off track and satan is very good at trying to do that because if he can derail us from God's plans and purposes for our lives, if he can derail us in our thought patterns of how we think about ourselves, um, then he wins in a sense. He has us captive to his lies. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. And, you know, there was somebody uh, too that was struggling with some mental, mental illness. And I think all of this is generally, in a nutshell, rooted in not seeing ourselves and the potential that we have in God's kingdom. And I think life circumstances can knock us down, and it's in those times that we need somebody to come along and help us get back up. And we need people around us praying and cheering us on and encouraging. And so I'm happy to do that Um, for the people that God puts in my life, some you know, he just brings in and they breeze in and they breeze out. But I think it is important. And so maybe you may say, well, I don't know that I'm struggling in that area, but you don't know who God might be bringing your way. And so I think some of the tidbits are so vital right now for the kingdom of God and what God is speaking to his people, because we have such a, such a prime opportunity right now to to walk with the Lord in a deep way, and we're living in a troubled world. Um, you know, when we see, and God reveals truth to us, and He shows us who we are, and we believe the truth from His Word, it can be transforming. It can be like a light bulb going on. 
And um, I remember God showed me some of these things that I'm going to share with you. And it was like when he did, it was like all of a sudden I saw myself in a whole different light. Now, I had studied scripture for years and years, but when he turned the light on here, and I'm going to share with you some of these transforming truths, it made a real difference. But I want to start today with asking you some questions, and I want to, I'm want i going to pause and just give you a moment to think about them. And you may even want to pause the podcast and spend five or ten minutes thinking about the answer to the question. I want you to process with me. But what if we really believed all that God said about us? What would be the possibilities? And God, right now, I just ask that you begin to show people, Lord, the truth about who we would be if we really believed what you said about us. The next question I want to give you is, what if we traded all the negative things people have said about us or the lies we've believed about ourselves and we traded them for the truth. I mean, what if we gathered up all of those negative things and even lies that we believed, I'm not capable, I don't have the talent, um, God wouldn't want to use me, any other lies what if we traded those for the truth? What are the possibilities? You know, I was thinking about this as I <clears throat> was preparing for this podcast, and one of the very first uh, public speaking engagements that I had, I had a gentleman come up to me, and he was a speech teacher. <laughs> And he said, um, um, you know, I enjoyed the information in your presentation, he said, but you really have a lot to learn about speaking. And I didn't doubt that. It was my very first time, but I was devastated. And he began to point out some things. But if I would have just believed, and he even said some negative things, um, if I would have believed that, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't be speaking and, and, and doing the things I'm doing if I would have believed what that man said. If I would have really believed what he said, that I wasn't, you know, a public speaker and, and all, I would have stopped in my tracks and never done it again. And thankfully, God was right there because he saw me in the future and he saw my potential. But sometimes we can believe those things and it can hold us captive, even if it's subconsciously and not consciously. Now, the next question I have for you is, what if we truly believed God was our Father? 
All of us have an earthly father. We may know him or not. He may be on this earth or not. But what if we got our identity from God as his son or his daughter? How would that change our thinking? How would that change our behavior? How would that change us if we really saw ourselves as representing him? I know for me, that has really helped me when I remember it. And I'm human just like the next person. But when I remember that, that I am representing him, it changes my behavior. I'm much more on my my A game, so to speak, and not tempted to represent him well versus walk in the flesh. Um, what if, what things would we attempt? Here's another question for you. What things would we attempt if we believed God was with us all the time? Take some time, listen, rewind, and ask yourself those questions. Maybe journal the answers. Let God speak to you about your future, but about the potential you have in his kingdom. Because here's what I believe right now is I was just, I was like, Lord, some of this isn't going to be new information. For some people it might, but for others, if you've been listening to my podcast, it's not going to be brand new. And here's what I felt the Lord say. He said, wherever you are, I have an upgrade. I know God even has an upgrade for me. And these are things, even though, these are things God wants to update in me now because he sees what's ahead for me in the next months, in the next years. And, oh, that's so so wonderful that we serve a God who sees us in the future and we look so much better. Um. You know, these are questions that not only have I pondered in the last 30 years of my life, but also in the book, in the book of Psalms, David, David asked God these very things too. Um, In Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14, one of my favorite passages, because it was like the springboard God used for beginning to show me my identity. But Psalm 139, 13 and 14 states, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. That particular scripture could be a whole message in and of itself. You know that each one of us was hand knit and when you think of knitting I'm not a knitter I have done it a time or two but I have some friends that are you know how there's each little loop is intricate and purposeful and God knit you and me in our mother's womb we didn't just appear here because two people had sex God had a plan and God had a purpose and he knit us in our mother's womb and David knew that he was fearfully and wonderfully made. He wasn't a perfect man. My goodness, the man is recorded the things that um, he did that were, were, you know, he killed a man. He committed adultery. 
he wasn't perfect. Those were just some of the things, but he was a man after God's own heart. And he kept seeking God and kept striving to be more and more like him. But he knew who he was. And because he knew these things deep in his heart, he went up against Goliath. You know, he went up against somebody that was a whole lot bigger than he was. He walked close with God. He wrote the book of Psalms and he eventually became king. And all of that, if he just looked and said, well, I'm just a lowly shepherd boy. I'm not going to do anything but stand out on this hill and watch sheep eat grass. You know, if he had that mindset, he wouldn't have become king and accomplished all the things God said. But he says right here in Psalm 139, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. David knew full well who he was. He knew the heart of God for him. He may have stumbled. He may have fallen. He may have had a setback or two, but he kept pushing on and hanging on to what God said about him. And so, you know, I just want to ask you, do you believe those words are true about you, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Do you, do you really believe that, that you, God, when he was knitting you together in your mother's womb, he had plans and purposes for you, for you and you alone. And, you know, I'll say that I hadn't always believed these things about myself. And sometimes I can have a bad day and forget them. Um, but I'm much quicker to get back on track. You know, anytime we stumble, it's real important that we just repent and we get back on track. Um, you know, I didn't see that I was someone carefully made for special purposes. And I didn't feel wonderful. There were a lot of things I didn't like about my personality I didn't like the way I looked. I was insecure. I had a low self-image. And, you know, I've had a lot of other people now in the, the years since that time. You know, God reveals the truth to us and then he puts people in our lives so we can share that truth once we own it, once we practice it, once we work it into the fabric of our life. And, you know, since that time and even recently, I've had a number of people, um, that have struggled with really seeing themselves as God see them. And I'm not talking about teenagers. I think that, you know, teenagers are trying to figure out who they are. I'm talking about some pastors, some ministers, some missionaries, people strong in the Lord that have a heart to serve God, but don't really know who they're called to be. I was having a conversation with a woman the other day and she is a minister in our community. And I just said something about, you know, uh, I'm passionate about helping people understand their identity because I had gotten mine and being a wife and a mother and, and things I did and my job. And I could see the wheels turning in her head. I could see her just stop and have that moment like, oh my gosh, that's me. And so I'm praying for her in that area. But, you know, Deuteronomy 14.2 says, and this is a great scripture. It says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. Out of all the peoples of the earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his treasured possession. Wow. Right there. The Lord has chosen you, my friend, to be his treasured possession. Out of all the peoples on the earth, he's chosen you. You are chosen. And you're treasured. 
And sometimes, like I said, life circumstances can hit us, can knock us down, and we don't feel chosen and we don't feel treasured. And, you know, sometimes people don't treasure us or see our value, but God does. And that's, he's the one that's created us. He's the one that has chosen us. And that trumps everything. You know, just life circumstances. And they can be little things. They can be big things. But sometimes they govern our thinking. And we we can, we can swallow that lie or have to wrestle with our feelings. Um, when I was a little girl, I was uh, had moved to a new school. And I didn't really have any friends. And um, I had a problem. I was pigeon-toed. So I had to wear these big, heavy, clunky shoes. And so I show up at my new school and we have recess and they start picking teams, you know, for the kickball, kickball game. And I was the last one picked. Nobody wanted me on their team. And I'm sure I didn't look like an athlete because I had on these big clunky shoes instead of tennis shoes. Um, and I was a little heavy and you know, so I wasn't chosen first. I was actually chosen last. But I remember that so vividly because it made me feel rejected. It made me feel unwanted. It made me feel like the worst player. Nobody knew me. And, you know, that incident, I feel like, really governed my thinking about myself and affected my viewpoint of myself and who God made me to be. And years later, when God was doing just a lot of healing in my life, he brought that memory back to me and because he wanted to heal it. And he began to feel, reveal truth that I was accepted. I wasn't rejected. I was wanted. He wanted me. And I had great potential. And so he began to show me his, my value and the lies that I had believed about myself and about him. You know, I felt like he didn't even, you know, really need me. Who was I? And I think that's what God wants to do in you and me. And so if a, a situation comes to mind for you, I want you to take that to the Lord and ask God to show you how he sees you. I know in my days of, of being a widow, all of a sudden the people that had loved me, you know, the man that had loved me, and my parents were ill at that time too. And so the three people that had loved me and cheered me on in life were gone. And I had to kind of get my bearings again about who I was and my potential and my value. You know, Romans 8, 20, 9, 20s, uh, states, very plainly, it says, But who are you, O man, to talk to God, talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes and some for common use? You know, these are some strong statements about us not questioning God in how he made us and the purpose he's called us to. And each of us is very unique here on earth. 
you know, I'm never going to be the president of the United States. I'm not smart enough. I'm not skilled. I don't want to be number one. But I know that that's not something I'm called to. I know enough about myself and my calling that that's not something I'm going to be called to. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm not important. It doesn't mean I'm not special. It doesn't mean that the purposes I was created for are not of value. We tend to look at things and see ourselves as insignificant. But if you're a mama raising kids, who knows, maybe you're like Mary and you're going to, you know, Mary was a simple girl, but God called her to be the mother of Jesus and raise that boy. And that's the same with us. Who knows that the kids that we're raising, what they're going to do in the kingdom. Or maybe, you know, you're, maybe you're mowing yards and you're, you're doing something that seems tedious. God has a plan and he has a purpose just for you. It's not that we're all called to be on the forefront. It takes all of us in the kingdom. It's just like my body. You know, my brain does the thinking. My little finger, you know, may not seem like it does a whole lot, but it does. It helps me type. It helps me in many ways throughout. And so all of us are significant. So don't let the enemy just lie to you and say that you're not significant. Uh, but these, you know, these statements are strong about us not questioning God in our purposes and what he's called us to. And what it's saying is, you know, God calls us and who are we to talk back to him? And for me, I had to repent of not liking myself, of not liking the way I looked, of not liking my personality. I had to repent that I was not agreeing with God. And when John God changed my perceptions, it was interesting to see how he tempered my personality, how he changed my self-image and all those things. And so those things are so important. You know, for years I'd gone to church, I'd studied the Bible, but I really didn't see God as my father. That's not where I got my identity. I got my identity in the things I did in uh, being married in my kids. And a series of events happened where I really had to depend on God. And all of a sudden that light bulb came on and I saw him as my daddy. I saw him as my father. I saw him as somebody that was always with me. And it was in that dark time that I began to see God's kindness and faithfulness and love and that I was made in his image for kingdom purposes, that there were people that he wanted me to pray with. There were people he wanted me to share the gospel with. There were people that he was going to bring into my life. And now I love, in fact, it's the joy of my life to pray for God to give me divine appointments and and just as I go throughout my day, it's interesting to see how God brings people along my path. It just makes it so fun to walk with him. And, you know, Deuteronomy 32, 6 asks the question and declares who God is. It says, seeing God as our father, it says, it's Deuteronomy 32, 6. Is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? Oh, sweet friends. We've got to see God as our father. We've got to get our identity from as his sons and his daughters in the kingdom. And, you know, perhaps your earthly father isn't here or you didn't have a good relationship with him. 
I challenge you, if that has been the life circumstances you've experienced, I challenge you to rest in the truth that you have the best and most loving Father in God and get your identity from Him, not in your family name. Believe the truth that you're special, that you're loved, that you're treasured, that you're made in His image for unique purposes, and ask Him to open your heart to believe what He says about you. Trade the lies that you've believed about yourself for the truth and step into the wonderful things He has ordained for your life. And I ask God to just bless you as you step into the incredible life that God has for you. As your father, he's a good, good father. And so I just want to thank you for joining me. I encourage you to rewind and process these questions. Maybe write them down in your journal because I really feel like God is wanting to speak to you and to me and he's wanting us to have an upgrade in our identity and how we see ourselves so let's let's pray as we close god thank you for the truth of your word that you knit us together in our mother's womb that you called us treasure possessions that you call us your children that you are our father and father I just pray that each and every one of us would get our identity in you, that we would see ourselves as you see us, that you would change us, transform us, raise us up as your sons and your daughters, Lord, to represent you well. And I ask for new revelation as people process these questions. I ask for light bulb moments, Lord, as each one listens. Lord, I ask for transforming, transforming encounters with you and healing, God, healing from any lies that any of us have believed. Lord, let us exchange them for the truth. And Father, I just pray for hope right now to come. Lord, that what if we really believed and lived in what your word says for us? Lord, raise us up as a mighty kingdom for a world that needs to know who you really are and how much you love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to go to my website at www.kathleenmaxwellramby.com. Have a good week, and I'll see you next week.